0: The one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com/guest. Now let's get on with the show. With us right now, Andres Moran. Uh, Moran uh, and Andres, uh, you are a general manager, VP with Wonderkind, and you're found on the web at wonderkind.co. That's W U. N-D-E-R-K-I-N-D dot C O is joking. We could go full German on it. Wunderkin, right? And that's essentially that's that's how it's spelled. And that's on the web. Uh and Andres, thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Josh. I'm I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, so give us the overview. What is Wunderkin? Yeah, yeah Wunderkin is a software
1: company, we're a SaaS company, and we help our clients convert more of their web visitor- visitors. Into customers, so think about it. Uh, we serve largely e- a lot of e-commerce clients, and think about it, so these e-commerce clients, they'll have plenty of site visitors come to site visitors come to their site, uh, and what we'll do is we'll create uh, one-to-one messaging for these visitors to pull them further down a conversion funnel. So, what does that mean in practice? Let's say you go to Uniqlo, uh, so you go to Uniqlo's website, uh, and maybe you're looking at a, you know a bunch of sweaters. Well, what we'll do is perhaps create a nudge, like an annotation on the site, if we see that you're really engaged with that product page and say, hey, why don't you see if your size is in stock? Because we know once you take that action, that you're more invested, that you'll, you're 23% more likely to make a purchase if you, in fact, see if your size is in stock. So we'll try to get you to do that. And then we'll get you to take the next action, perhaps add it to cart. And then and then ultimately, if you add it to cart, try to get you to to, to check out. So we do it through these on-site one-to-one messaging. And then we also do it through email, through like triggered email. So let's say you did leave that sweater in your shopping cart, but never purchased it and you you know left your, left the site, 20 minutes later, you could receive an email from Uniqlo, uh, which is considered a triggered email saying, hey, you left these products in your cart, complete your checkout in the next 24 hours to benefit from free shipping or what have you. Um, and we could also do that via text messages. So we do it through triggered emails, and through text messages, um, and then I oversee as well the um, the advertising part of the business. So we have our unique ad formats that uh, that live on a, on media sites, and we uh, these ad formats are all behaviorally triggered. And so instead of trying to interrupt you as soon as you arrive to a media site to read an article, we can see when you are no longer reading that article, when you have finished consuming that content. And only then will we render an ad in front of you. And the ads perform very well for our advertisers. So that's the business unit that I oversee. And that business unit is part of Wonderkin as a whole. And Wonderkin is where 80% of our revenue is SaaS revenue, software as a service, selling into e-commerce clients and media clients and travel clients and financial services. And then about 20% of our revenue is that media product that I oversee, that media business that I oversee that I just uh, quickly described.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So if people aren't using Wonderkin, like how are they accomplishing that goal? Or what, 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 what or I, I actually, I should, how much money are they leaving on the table potentially? <laughs> you know, so, so um triggered. So almost every e-commerce company
1: probably uh, utilizes triggered emails, which is right. triggered emails. You, you take an action on a site that would then trigger an email that gets sent just to you. Like if you looked at a certain product or if you left products in your cart and didn't check out. The problem is that for most e-commerce companies that are using triggered email, they're only able to send that to someone if they, in fact, know who it is that was on their website and if they know what their email address is. And the only way they typically know that is if that individual in the session gave them their email address. And who does everyone? If if you have an account at, I don't know, like let's say um, a Gap. Uh, I would go through and I would check out probably as a guest. Most people just check out like as a guest, they don't identify themselves in the session. Our technology, we're able to identify that device, then tell the client, hey, hey client, for this device, which we give it an identifier called a BXID, that starts to get a little bit into the Mm -hmm. weeds, but hey client XYZ, for this BXID, do you have permission to send this individual an email? And if, in fact, they do have permission to send an individual an email, then, hey, perfect, we've identified them. And then if they abandon, we then allow that client to send that person a triggered email. So whereas before they were only able to send a triggered email to 1% of their visitors, now they can send a triggered email to 20% of their visitors. And triggered mm. emails convert at a very high rate. They're a very effective marketing tactic, but when you can only send it to 1% of your visitors, you know, that's, that's not great. So now yeah. we really opened up that aperture of
0: how many visitors you can send triggered emails to. Right. So in order for that retailer to have that permission, then that user, sorry, my, now my consumer brain's kind of going through it like, you know, uh, so they would have previously have shared that email personally with that retailer. And if that's the case, Hey, we recognize you. It's like, you know, someone walking into your storefront and going, Hey, you, wait a minute. Hang on. (laughs) Oh yeah. I got you right here. Here's, I got all your information. You know, it's, it's basically like that. And, um, and now, knowing that event. they're browsing through your store, like, whoa, even though they didn't re-log in and, and that sort of thing, we could still identify that crowd.
1: That That's exactly right. And you mentioned that salesperson analogy. That's actually exactly how we, you know, that's like the analogy we use to describe what we do. You know, you have this amazing store with these amazing products. Great. You know, continue to do that. We'll be the salesperson internally that helps guide visitors to the appropriate products and nudging them just in the appropriate ways. That's not pushy, um, and so we're able to do that through a variety of on-site executions and through the trigger emails. Like, hey, just as a reminder, you left this in your cart, and mm-hmm. and it's very very difficult for a, an e-commerce client on their own to do these types of executions. I mean, you know, we're a seven hundred fifty-person company. We've been doing this for nine years, and we've you know we've raised tens of millions of dollars. So. Um, yeah, I mean, we have we come through it with a real uh, tech leverage and mm-hmm. honestly, just an insights leverage that is difficult for a singular e-commerce uh, company to do on their own.
0: Is there any fear that that might be, you know, obviously, we've seen some trends with, you know, Facebook and InterApp, you know, that community or that connectivity kind of getting shut down by Apple and so forth. Is there any fear that this is, uh, you know, this might not be available? So we don't track people
1: across websites. So if you go from yeah. unit to bed, bath and beyond, we're not, we're not going to then take what we know about you on unit or any other client, and then take it over to a, a right. different client and say, Hey, we have all of this data on this individual. So we don't, we don't transfer any of that across clients. Mm-hmm. It's all siloed to the individual clients. And mm-hmm. so everything is very privacy compliant, yeah. uh, GDPR compliant. We have, you know, big office in Europe. So yeah, we, we make sure that we are very buttoned up when it comes from a, a a data privacy perspective and we have all the right folks in the room for those conversations. So, you know, what, what, what Apple's doing is, you know, blocking that cross app, uh, tracking, which think of that as like cross client tracking or cross store client. We don't, we absolutely do not do that. And, And by the way, Apple's doing that, because they want to build up their own monstrous advertising business and they want to come. Oh yeah. Oh up, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it works pretty well. <laughs> what they're doing is very effective. They're, they're really shaking up the industry.
0: Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Um, what does, uh, and Wonderkin has worked with, uh, you know, on your website, Forever 21, Uniqlo, uh-huh. Clark's, Refinery 29, Samsonite, Sonos, some pretty big brands. Um how, how do the, is it is it just your reputation or are you you know in terms of like new clients like how do you manage that? Yeah, you know what's interesting, <clears throat> I just recently learned this, uh, and I'm I
1: am one step removed from the e-commerce business since I'm I'm the GM of the advertising business, but as an executive in the company, of course, I uh, um I'm in the com- I'm in the conversation as to what's going on. I only recently learned that we actually there's not a great sense of awareness among e-commerce clients about what we're doing, which is wild. So when we go in there, we are able to reference all these amazing other clients. Um, and and then also we we can offer uh, performance guarantees. So we go to some of these clients and say, hey, you know, whatever your fee is that we're going to be uh, you know, charging you, we can guarantee you 5X return on that in terms of revenue that we drive through either onsite or onsite and email or onsite email and text. And so when you have that conversation, which is like, hey, we're going to put our money where our mouth is and guarantee performance. It really changes the tenor of the conversation. And, and yeah, you know, I would say now that we have all these amazing brands, some of them that you mentioned, it, it, it creates that social proof, that social validation. Like, oh, we're not just five folks in a garage. You know, we're, we're 700 folks taking up two floors of the World Trade Center and other global offices and with all these amazing clients. So, you know, we know what we're doing. And we are very... Yeah. You know, client centric, ROI centric, ROI centric, you know, white glove managed service for them.
0: Yeah. Um, and so, Andres, like, what would be um example, maybe some case studies that, you know, maybe before and after, like, why this is such a big deal? I mean, you think about, like, man, a company that's doing, you know, eight figures in sales a month and, you know, to be able to capture that, does it does it translate pretty well when that email gets fired out and people are like, you're right, I was looking at hairbrushes. Okay. You know, uh, that, that
1: re-engagement. And the beauty is that they don't even have to take our word for it. So they use their own analytics. Let's say oftentimes it's Google Analytics. And we will show up in Google Analytics as a line item saying, hey, this is the traffic that we sent you. And this is the revenue that resulted from it. And so when we do these, what we call like these performance guarantees, it's, it is the number that shows up in Google analytics. So as long as you can trust Google analytics, which hopefully they do, then you got to trust that number. It's yeah. not just us saying it right. right. Um, so it's, it's, it's very powerful. Yeah.
0: Very powerful. Is it, is it incredibly complicated to implement not for the clients uh
1: we do all of the heavy heavy lifting so yeah. there is work of course like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie so there's no work on behalf of the clients but um typically they, they place some a javascript tag code on on their site um and they'll put a, a a pixel in their outbound emails uh and from there we'll integrate with their email service provider and then we'll run all the strategies and executions we run all of the qa all the design everything is then you know on our shoulders but You know, I don't want to say it's zero to add code to your page and and test it, make sure we don't break anything, which, of course, we don't. But, um, you know, add code to your page and add a pixel to your outbound emails. Um, It's not nothing, but it is a very light technical lift. The, the, The burden is much more heavily on our shoulders.
0: Yeah. Um, at what point does it make sense uh volume-wise, sales-wise, to engage with Wonderkin? I'm sure there's like a, a certain level. Okay, yes. we're doing this kind of volume, the ROI is kind of making a lot more sense here rather than someone that's you know, more individual e-com or whatever.
1: Yep. At, at the moment, that threshold that we set is uh four million dollars in annual. Uh, online sales. That is okay. uh, for, for an ecom for an e-commerce client. That would be yeah. the the threshold. Um, I think if eventually we may you know go below that threshold with a different type of offering. Mm. But at the moment, with the offering that we have in the market, four million and up. Um, yeah. You know, with the sweet spot being we do we do tend to serve you know enterprise uh, enterprise and strategic clients. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we can go down to the four million annual annual level.
0: Yeah. Are all, and I just, cause I don't know, right. Uh, you know, I I'm used to, you know, chatting with a lot of people that are leveraging existing shopping platforms, right. Um, when you start getting to those enterprise level, that's, is that just all custom stuff built on, you know, like an Amazon framework or something like that? Or I, I don't, I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, no, sure, yeah.
1: You know, I, I will say that um, historically we've done a lot of custom work. We're yeah. trying to we're trying to move away from that because custom work doesn't scale. Yeah. And, you know, you know, this year we we'll, we've added hundreds of new logos. So it's hard to do custom work for hundreds of new logos. Um, and so it is becoming more our own platform uh, and a little bit more out of the box. Yes. With a managed service component, which is valuable and clients really appreciate that. So we will still offer that, but from a coding perspective, it'll be more uniform.
0: Yeah, you know, um, Andres, you've uh, you've started a couple of companies that did pretty well, and yeah, you you've gone through a couple of exits. Congratulations! You mind you mind sharing a little bit about your background? One of which I was very familiar with.
1: Oh yeah, with with, with Fundera. Yeah, so you know Fundera, which and for those that don't know, Fundera is a, a marketplace for small business loans. Uh, so if you're a small business owner and you want to seek financing, going about that yourself could be very daunting. There's a lot of bad actors out there so Fundera serves as your kind of concierge through that process and almost uh-huh. like a, a single application that then grants you access and, and we guide that process to a, a a variety of very credible very legitimate very trusted lenders and financing partners and so we guide you through that process fortunately Fundera was acquired uh last year by NerdWallet and NerdWallet actually just had a very successful IPO 2 weeks ago but uh, Fundera was it was not my idea. It was the brainchild of my co-founder Jared Hecht, um, probably one of the, one of the smartest people I've ever met. A fantastic mm-hmm. entrepreneur, you know. And he uh, <clears throat> he had previously sold his company called GroupMe to to Skype, which then was acquired by Microsoft. So after a couple of years at Microsoft, you know, he c- calls me up and says, "Hey, uh, what are you up to?" I was like, "Oh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about taking a, a VP job at this other company." This was back in well before my Wonderkin, uh days, but. Um, but he's like, well, I have this idea for a, a company that all these online lenders and you know a, a non-traditional lenders that are on the market. I want to mm-hmm. create an aggregation play, like a marketplace yeah. play. But I love those types of businesses. Yeah. And so yep. and, I've, and I've always wanted to work with Jared. And so when that opportunity presented itself, you know, I, I definitely, I definitely took it, and very glad that I did. Um, you know, working working with Jared in that early team was just phenomenal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that. And hopefully that ended up because that was about a year ago as of when we're recording this. So hopefully that was a nice exit for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, all, it all worked out. It all worked out. Thank goodness. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And prior to that, then you were also uh, acquired. Uh, so another company, and this is a while back, uh, earned it, uh, which uh, was acquired by Higgy, which is where I go and get my blood pressure when I go to the grocery, when I go to public. Oh, yeah, it.
1: Awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Whenever I go into a, a Rite Aid and I see the Higgy machine, I have two young kids. It's uh, it, I feel very proud when I say, look, like th- that's the company that bought my company years ago, uh, which is which is uh, funny. It's just like a nice source of pride for me. But um, so Earned It uh, was a company that I, I co-founded, um, which you know, back in 2010, we saw all of these fitness tracking devices and fitness tracking apps coming on the market, like at the time, Nike Plus and Fitbit and Jawbone and RunKeeper, MapMyRun and Garmin, you name it. And so we thought, hey, why don't we sit on top of all, all of those? Mm-hmm. And next to sure that, if someone uses one of those, they can authorize with us, like, boom, they sync their account with us just once through an API. And then we monitor their physical activity and we give them points based upon how active they are physically. Yeah, And then we accrue those points, like, like credit card points, frankly, and then they can spend those points with our brand partners that we're offering, you know, special deals um, to this audience. Uh, and I, I liked it because, you know, brands don't like to offer discounts or special deals or what have you. It kind of, it, it tarnishes the brand But if mm. you do it in this environment or in this context, it it preserves your brand while still giving you that ability to acquire customers through a deal. But without tarnishing your brand for the masses, right? So um, that's what we did. And we brought on some great brand partners like Bonobos and like uh, Vita Coco and Pop Chips and Brooks Running and a number of other companies, uh, HelloFresh. So uh, we were really proud of the brands that we were able to bring on. And I actually met the founder and CEO of Wonderkin while he was at Bonobos in that <laughs> context. So I was doing Earned It. And, uh, and I met Ryan Urban. Well, cause he was doing customer acquisition for Bonobos at the time. This was back yeah. in 2011 and that's how we met, which is ultimately how I ended up at Wonderkin many, many years later. But yeah, we were able to sell, earned it to, to Higgy, that Chicago based uh, company in 2013. Yeah. Uh, and we almost sold that in 2012 to everyday health and at the signing table, uh, unfortunately, the deal fell apart.
0: Oh my gosh! Oh, <laughs> well, and great greater things came along. That's that's great. That's the story there. Well, Andres Moran, again, VP and general manager at Wunderkind. and again, that's W U N D E R K I N D dot co. Uh, ecom companies, you're, if you're doing four million on up start capturing all those folks that are visiting your website not logging in but you still can figure out who they are and proactively reach out to them and make sure that they buy what they were looking at I, you know and so again that's that's at wonderkin.co. um and and andres do they is there a way that they reach out to you or like how would they where, where do they engage yeah, heard, how do they engage i huh?
1: i would love to to hear from some folks so if anyone wants to email me they can email me directly um andres which is a n d r e s at wonderkin.co. And I'm, I'd love to, to chat with some folks and, you know, put them in the right direction, um, or otherwise just brainstorm and, and, and banter. Yeah.
0: All right. Andres, thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate having you on and, uh, and again, wonderkin.co. Thanks Andres. Thank you, Josh. Take care of y'all.